In this week's episode, the IRS reminds us all once again about the new 1099 requirements, Etsy goes to a hybrid work model, and I sell a bunch of books. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. It is... uh, Gosh, what day is it? It's Wednesday, uh, July 27th in the evening as I record this. Uh, a couple of days late this week, I'm continuing to work through the massive load of books. Uh, actually, the seller of those books has asked me for a couple of weeks off. <laughs> uh, she's tired of packing them all up. up. God bless her. Uh, she's actually been boxing all of these books up for me. So when I go out there, she has her van in the driveway full of books and I back up my SUV and we just move them in the boxes from one vehicle to the other and then I'm on my way. So uh, she's asked for a couple of weeks off on that project, but I am up to now, for those of you keeping score at home, 11,096 books that I've picked up in that purchase so far. She thinks there's at least one more big load, um, possibly two, so another maybe as many as 1,000 or 1,500 books, maybe a little bit more left to pick up, and then that deal will be put to bed, Uh, at least from (laughs) uh, the pickup standpoint. It is obviously nowhere near being put to bed from the listing standpoint. I'm doing, give or take, about 130 to 150 listings a week out of that lot and am eliminating maybe that many more books uh, some of which will be going to my antique booth, which uh, Knockwood looks like for the first time since Christmas is going to pay its rent this month. <laughs> I say that there's a couple of days to go and I'm within $6. <laughs> uh, so I need to sell like uh, three books and three DVDs uh, through Saturday and I'm golden. Uh, so that would be huge. That would be a big help. Um, and some books that I'm just getting rid of. So at that pace, I'm still pretty much thinking I've got a year's worth, give or take, of inventory. Plus, I still had some inventory left over from some previous purchases. Plus, I've had yet another person reach out to me. Um, I had kind of established a relationship with a small um, independent bookstore in Fairfield, Ohio, which is kind of the next town to the south of where I live. And she takes she gets books solely by donation. And we we had talked previously about me coming down there and maybe buying some books from her on a regular basis, uh, which obviously I won't need to be doing <laughs> uh, anytime in the near future. But she has given my name to someone who has apparently six to ten boxes of books that they would also like to get rid of. So sometime in the next week or so, depending on what goes on with this last big lot of books, um, I will be heading down there. To maybe pick up those, and then I'm going to go on a buying hiatus for a while. Like I said, I've got, I think, what will easily be a year's worth of stuff. So with all that being said, uh, gosh, I suppose I should introduce myself. (laughs) Uh, If you're new here, hi, my name's Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber, and podcaster working out of my home here in the greater Cincinnati area. And this channel, in case you couldn't tell, was all about the flip life. Uh, Today's episode, we've got a little bit of reselling news and then a little bit of a what sold recap. Not anything too extravagant this week, uh, but I did want to give you a quick update on some things. So with all that having been said, let's do 
news updates. Some reselling news. So the IRS uh, put out a July 22nd notice that uh, basically was a reminder to potential hobby resellers that if your hobby earns income, you must report it on your tax return. The newsletter pointed to IRS tax tip 2022-106. They always have just the catchiest names for their memos, which was published on the IRS website back on July 13th, which explains the rules. The new tip comes half a year before people who may never have received Form 1099-K from payment processors like PayPal and Venmo will be receiving them next year due to a lower reporting threshold for tax year 2022. We've talked about that on this program numerous times before, but in case you were not aware, uh, the previous criteria was gross payments that exceeded $20,000 in a year and over 200 transactions. For the new year, which started January 1st of this year, they are required to report gross payments that exceed just $600, regardless of the number of transactions. One, a thousand, doesn't matter. You hit 600 bucks, you're going to get a 1099K. Be that from PayPal, Venmo, Amazon, eBay, Mercari, any of these sites. Uh, Once you hit that threshold, they will be sending you a 1099. And that's why uh, they are continuing to hound you if you have not provided them with your tax ID information because they are required to report that to our friends over at the IRS. In the spring, the article points out eBay, Etsy, Mercari, OfferUp, Poshmark, Reverb, and Tradesy created the Coalition for 1099K Fairness in an effort to get Congress to increase the tax reporting threshold for sales on online marketplaces. Uh, they are, of course... They, they put this in the kind of the notion of trying to help small sellers, but I'm sure they're concerned that they will lose a certain number of quote unquote hobby sellers who don't want to hit this threshold. And that may, if you know, any one seller that's only selling $600 worth of stuff probably doesn't affect them that much, but accumulation of sellers who fall into that criteria and leave these platforms could be problematic for them. So they started this thing eBay has since sounded the alarm again back in May, asking sellers to reach out to their members of Congress to urge them to pass a bill to raise this threshold and limit the number of sellers getting these quote-unquote unnecessary forms. Regardless of the IRS tax tip issued this month, it's likely many people will be taken by surprise next year when they receive the Form 1099-K and realize that what they had considered dabbling in a hobby resulted in a tax obligation. So again, If you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you're already aware of it. Um, Odds are you've already been filing your taxes as you have supposed to have been for the last however many years you've been doing this. But in the event that you're not, uh, just be aware that that is definitely coming down the pike. Moving over to Etsy. Uh, They reported some uh, quarterly results last week. Their gross merchandise sales dropped 6%. Uh, to $2.6 billion in the second quarter. But compared to 2019, which would be pre-pandemic, they were up 141%. So again, you're seeing, we've talked about this on this show a couple of times previously as well. Some of these companies are showing actual year-over-year results as they normally do. And then they are also showing what those results are 
to results pre-pandemic when things definitely changed for these online marketplaces. So uh, the Etsy marketplace, they say, continues to attract new buyers, approximately 6 million new buyers during the second quarter, it reported, which it called a, quote, meaningly, meaningfully, easy for me to say, elevated rate when compared to pre-pandemic levels. So they're experiencing really strong user base growth, even though their sales are dropping a little bit. Etsy does own other marketplaces, including Reverb, LO7, and Depop, which was their big acquisition last year, and reports consolidated gross merchandise sales were down just 0.4% year over year, or up 2.6% on what they call a currency-neutral basis. Company said the performance was impacted by macro headwinds, including reopening pressure on consumer discretionary spending, uh, aka inflation and $5 a gallon gas, foreign exchange rate volatility, and ongoing geopolitical events, uh, aka the Russia invasion of Ukraine. (laughs) I don't know why these people don't just say the actual thing that they're talking about. They always couch it in this, you know, pseudo intellectual talk. It's inflationary pressure. And it's war. (laughs) Uh, But that's just me. Uh, Thanks in part to the Etsy Marketplace fee increase, which took place at the beginning of the second quarter. Uh, Consolidated revenue was up 10.6% versus the second quarter of 2021. So they made less sales compared to last year. But because of the fee increase, they actually made more money, which at the end of the day is what they're there to do. Uh, Obviously, ideally, you would make more sales and more profit, which is what we're all trying to do. Uh, But that's pretty good. They had a take rate, which they say is the consolidated revenue divided by the consolidated gross merchandise sales of 19.3%. That is something that I, I read something about last week that was talking about eBay's take rate, which is currently, I believe, if I remember correctly from that article, something around 11 or 12%. So they are taking take rate means how much money they're taking net of the total sales, either through uh, transaction fees, payment processing fees, and so on. Etsy is running at about 19.3%. So that analyst was talking about the fact that he thought eBay had a considerable amount of headroom to make more money off of you, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. So kind of be aware of that. There are some categories where eBay's fees are pretty low. Uh, I don't happen to sell in one of them. (laughs) Uh, If you're a meteor seller, you know the rate is whatever it is, 13-odd percent. It's really steep. So, uh, But there is still room for eBay to grow those fees. So uh, they obviously are trying to do it a little bit more through the promoted listings adventure. Uh, But we'll see how that goes. Uh, So uh, Etsy claims they had 5.3 million active sellers and 88.1 million active buyers at the end of the quarter, which was June 30th of this year. Their CEO, uh, Josh Silverman, said, we see multiple scenarios possible for the remainder of 2022, but all still point to very healthy profitability throughout. Uh, I would tend to agree with that. Um, We'll get into it here in a little bit, but um, my Etsy sales have been Maybe not from a unit standpoint, but from a dollar standpoint, have been very, very strong. So I, again, continue to be very happy with how things are going over on Etsy. They also announced over there that they are going to close offices in San Francisco and in Hudson, New York. 
they will leave only the Brooklyn headquarters in the United States. They also have an office, I believe, in Dublin, Ireland, and in Mexico City, which was a fairly recent opening, if I recall correctly. But they say that the move comes after they rolled out hybrid work modes that allow employees to choose between flex schedules being fully remote or being fully based in an Etsy office. This flexible model has enabled Etsy to keep recruiting and retain talent across industries as it expands globally. We've grown our Etsy workforce by 50%, they said, since before the pandemic and our attrition levels have consistently remained well below both industry benchmarks and our own expectations, even as a quote-unquote great resignation has dominated the market. Uh, supported by Etsy's robust hybrid framework, they said. Many who are currently remote have told us they do not plan to return to an office in the near future. As a result, we are closing our offices in Hudson, New York, and San Francisco, California, where employee office utilization has been extremely low. So good on them. Um, They have embraced this hybrid work-from-home kind of model. You're seeing a lot of pushback from companies. I think uh, Tesla being one of them, Elon Musk wants everybody back in the office and he's getting quite a bit of pushback. So kudos to Etsy for um, embracing people working from home. Uh, Last thing in the news, this is an interesting one heralded as an Amazon rival. Shopify announces major layoffs. Uh, E-commerce darling Shopify was held up by many as a possible solution for merchants seeking an alternative to Amazon. But the platform's eyes were bigger than its belly when it came to ramping up hiring to meet demand driven by the pandemic. Shopify has informed employees of a major reduction in staff on Tuesday and laid off an estimated 10% of its employees. In a letter to those employees, quote, our customers are merchants, entrepreneurs, and small business owners, the bedrock of our economy, and precisely those that are typically hit hardest during recessions. Most are already feeling it. Shopify has grown to be, uh, according to this article, nearly 50% as large as the Amazon marketplace, passing $54 billion in gross merchandise volume in the fourth quarter. I did not realize that Shopify was that big. So uh, one analyst, however, had issued warnings, writing that there were stark differences between Amazon and Shopify, saying that all Amazon third-party sellers sell through one channel, Amazon. Shopify merchants each run their independent channel. Few third-party sellers on Amazon could be transported to Shopify and be successful, he noted. So that's interesting. I've I've not looked into Shopify. I've talked about here previously. I think we talked about it a little bit last week even. The ability for me to open a store, be it on Shopify or on my own website, and then drive traffic to it, as opposed to paying eBay 13 or 14 or 15% cut to draw those eyeballs to my items, I just, that's a bargain I'm willing to take (laughs) uh, pretty much every day. It just, it's crazy to me. It would be very, very difficult to drive enough business to make that thing work. So speaking of selling, however, let's get into some what sold. How was that for a segue? <laughs> uh, this will be another fairly book heavy. I think I've got maybe one item in here that is not a book this week. Uh, we're going to kick it off with a sale over on eBay, the Catholic Comparative New Testament. This was from Oxford University Press, hardcover in its dust jacket. 
this was part of a big lot of religious books that I bought at an estate sale, gosh, probably three or four months ago that I paid about 50 cents a piece for. This sold for $24.99 plus media mail shipping. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, you'll note that uh, this item that I just pulled up, there's a price showing on eBay, and then I've got another price written, kind of typed in out here to the right. At some point in the last 10 days, eBay has made a change to how they are showing sold items. So when you go into either on the app or on the desktop version, and you look at your sold items, what you see in the summary screen is the actual price that the item sold for. However, if you click on that item to see that individual listing, it is not showing you the actual price that it sold for. It is showing you the last lowest listed price, which I find really interesting. At various times over the last week or so, I've noticed, and I think there's at least one in today's update, that they have a strike through on the price, indicating that it did not actually sell for that price, but they're not showing as they have in the past, the actual sold price. Let me know in the comments if that's something that you've noticed. Um, It doesn't really affect anything in terms of doing research because when I look something up, it's still showing me in kind of the summary page of solds the actual sold price. But if I open up that listing, it's no longer showing me that price. Let me know if you've seen the same thing. There's a long-winded way to get to (laughs) Uh, this next item. Another book, The Curve and the Tusk by Stuart Cloet. It was a 1952 first edition hardcover with its dust jacket. I had it listed for $32.99 plus customer paid shipping. I sent out an offer to a watcher for 15% off and this sold for $28.04. This is uh, a book from The Big Lot that I mentioned at the opening of the episode. So this is one that I'm into for less than a nickel, Life in Colonial America by Elizabeth George Spear. This was an illustrated hardcover, kind of a kid's young adult's uh, history book from 1963. It was an ex-library edition in library binding. This sold for $29.99 plus media mail shipping. Another book from that same lot. Uh, Here you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, you see that the listed price has been stricken out by eBay, but they did not show, again, the actual sold price. This was from 1918, a second edition hardcover from B.C. Forbes of the Forbes family, Men Who Are Making America. It was an illustrated hardcover. I had it listed for $44.99 or best offer plus media mail shipping, and I got an offer of $35. Uh, I received that offer within about 24 hours of listing that book, and because I own it for about four and a half cents, <laughs> uh, I took it. Hey, something that's not a book. Uh, unfortunately, this is something that I've had for quite some time, and I ended up not really making all that much money on it, but this is a Go Video DDV 9050 VHS. Uh, VCR sequential dual deck forehead hi-fi with remote. Whew. <laughs> uh, that is a mouthful. I was surprised I was able to get all that into the listing title over on eBay. But I picked this up for $15 at an estate sale. Man, probably two years ago, I have had this thing for a long, long time. It was in my current 35% off clearance. I had it listed for $59.99 and it sold for $38.99 plus 
customer paid UPS ground shipping. So um, I ended up after fees, not quite doubling my money on this thing. Um, I'm at a point where I don't know that I will continue. I've said this before. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I'm going to continue to do big electronics. This thing took me forever to pack and ship. It is a monstrous unit. Uh, I've done, I mentioned previously, somebody had asked me once what the most difficult thing I ever shipped was, and it was one of these previously, and I was reminded of that while I was packing this thing up. It's, man, it's just really more trouble than I think it's worth. I know there's guys out there that just make a killing on electronics, but uh, it's just a hassle I don't think I want to fight anymore. For sale this week over on Etsy, Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy. This was uh, Oxford World's Great Fiction, I think, uh, volume number 210. This was kind of a pocket-sized book, so it was like a 4 by 6 It was not a full-size hardcover. It was published in 1965. This was from a lot I uh, picked up at an estate sale for a dollar a piece, so I got a whole buck in this. It sold for $39.99 plus media mail shipping. This is another one from the big lot. So a five center America's housekeeping book from 1941. Uh, this was a really interesting comps on this were really, really good starting at about $50. Mine was not in the best of shape. So I listed this kind of at the low end of what I saw 42 99. And this thing sold over on Etsy for that price with again, customer paid media mail shipping. Again, I've talked about this before, and I was, I was speaking with someone earlier today who said they used to sell on eBay, but they stopped because customers were demanding free shipping. And I, I, again, I can't speak for everyone, but I, as I've talked about on this show on numerous occasions, I switched, man, I don't know, eight months ago, maybe, to a customer-paid shipping model, and I have not had a single customer complaint about having to pay shipping. Um, I try to price my items competitively so that with the shipping included, it essentially comes out to the same or lower price than what anybody else is offering on a particular item anyway. But I have not had anybody reach out to me asking about free shipping, except for one item last week, which mysteriously eBay had changed from free shipping to customer paid shipping. I don't know how it happened. It was an item that I had had listed for a couple of years and the customer reached out. The message just said, is this free shipping or not? And I looked up the item and in the title, in the listing title, I had free shipping. So I know that I had listed it as free shipping, but at some point over the last year and a half, eBay changed the shipping I don't know if they changed my business policy or if they just changed it. Normally, it's the other way. <laughs> uh, they changed something that you've got customer paid shipping on to free shipping and you end up losing your shirt. In this case, they changed it somehow to customer paid shipping. And this guy wanted to know, is it what it says in the title or is it what it says in the actual details? So I changed it to free shipping and then sold it to the guy. So, But that's the only instance I've had of that since I changed to customer paid shipping. Moving on, uh, a really old book from 1880, the Museum of Antiquity Illustrated, a leather bound from Western Publishing. This was an ex-library book, really, really nice, heavy book of illustrations of what at the time were considered antiquities. Now, the stuff is really old, (laughs) Uh, but this is a, a, it was not, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the cover is pretty worn. It was not 
in the greatest condition overall. I had this originally listed for $79.99 or best offer. I've had a couple of people reach out to me about it, but nobody pulled the trigger. It was in my 35% off offering this month. I had it then for $51.99. Somebody watched it. I sent out an additional 15% off offer just trying to get rid of this thing and sold it for $44.19 with free shipping. I own it for a couple of bucks, so it was still, I was trying to maximize it at $80. I'll take $44 from a $2 original investment. Order on Bonanza. Uh, This will be the second week in a row that I've actually made a sale on all four platforms. So again, I urge you, if you are not diversifying your platforms and cross-posting to other places, whether you use list perfectly, which I use, or you do it manually, or you use any of the other services that are available, I strongly suggest in this time where a lot of people are talking about sales being slow. I was speaking to someone this morning who said her eBay sales are very, very slow. You can help alleviate that by getting onto some of these other platforms. So again, that would be my advice for the week. Uh, If you're only selling on one platform, diversify. Get on some other platforms. They're not, Bonanza is two or three orders a month, but it's it's an extra, in this case, it's a $50 sale. This was the Source Book of Funerals from 1998. It was a resources binder. Lots of descriptions and details on how to conduct a funeral for funeral home directors. This was in a random binder in one of these big boxes of books from the big book hall. So this is another one that I own for essentially a nickel. And it went for $49.99 plus, again, media mail shipping. Back to eBay, back to the 1800s. Uh, Antique History of the Middle Ages from William Robertson. This was from 1850. It was published in Europe by a company called the Book Society. Another Very worn leather, very tanned pages, but a very unusual piece. This is another one I was trying to maximize. was from the same lot as the other one we just looked at. So it's essentially a $2 book that I sold for $64.99 plus media mail shipping. This was originally listed at $100. $99.99 was in my 35% offer. Uh, I sent out a 15% offer and it sold ultimately for $55.24. And this I believe is our flip of the week. This is uh, another Etsy sale, Bonsai Trees and Shrubs by Cayuso Murata and Lynn Perry from 1964. This is a book that there were not many available. Comps were really, really strong. I listed this thing for $84.99 plus shipping. And that's what it sold for over on Etsy. This was part of an estate purchase that I am into for one whole dollar. So that is a really nice flip. Again, as is going to be the case, I I hesitate to even do these what sold. I was thinking about it (laughs) Uh, when I came down here tonight. I'm like, oh my gosh, do do, do people really want to see all these books? Let me know in the comments. I know I've got a couple of media sellers that watch the show on YouTube or follow the podcast and they do find this stuff interesting. But sometimes I feel like, man, it's just book after book after book. I don't know how interesting it is. Speaking of things that are interesting, uh, if you haven't noticed, the Mega Millions is uh, over $1 billion for the drawing this Friday. So I've already got my my $2. I bought one ticket. <laughs> uh, but I, I did some checking on how the thing works. And 
I posted this on Facebook, but I thought I would share it here just for those of you who are interested in whether or not you would actually be a billionaire if you won this thing. I said, while it is an, still an unfathomable amount of money, where I live here in Ohio, in Hamilton, where I would have to pay local income tax on that on the winnings, if I won the over $1 billion Mega Millions and took the cash option after taxes, it is only about $338 million. Now, that is still obviously a metric boatload of money. That is more money than I would possibly know how to spend. But when you think about the fact that the drawing is going to be for something north of a billion dollars and you're going to get roughly a third of it if you take the cash option after you've paid taxes, depending on where you live. If you live in a state that does not have income taxes, man, good for you. <laughs> uh, I am not, unfortunately, in one of those states, even though the tax rate here in Ohio is only it's less than 5%. My local city tax rate is like 2%. The federal government's going to get whatever it is, 37%, the maximum rate. Uh, but after after everything, your winnings will likely be $338 million. So uh, good luck to you if you're buying uh, tickets for this week. Uh, to close, I said I would talk a little bit about um, how... Etsy has done relative to the other platforms that I sell on. So just to give you an update, we're at the 27th as I record this. So there's still roughly three days, two days to go in the month. And I had said back in May when I started the Etsy experiment, which I at this point intend to continue. It's no longer an experiment. (laughs) Uh, It just kind of is a thing. I'm going to continue to sell on Etsy. It's just, it's been exceeded my wildest expectations. But I said at the time, that if I could get it to do in a given month what Mercari was doing, I would consider that to be a win. And when I last updated you a couple of episodes ago, it was, I think, a little better than double what Mercari is. It is now um, close to triple uh, just for this month alone. So just in July... Etsy has done $1,068.38, while Mercari is stuck down at $374. Mercari has picked back up a little bit, but it is still not anywhere near what I'm doing on Etsy. So again, if you're a vintage bookseller, I if you're not on Etsy, I think there's an opportunity there. I don't know how, how much stuff you would want to list. I I'm very much a shotgun, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks kind of thing. I currently have 683 listings on Etsy and I'm making um, maybe 10 sales a week, give or take, eight a week, something like that. So as a percentage, it's not that great. I've got a lot of stuff up there to generate a relatively small amount volume-wise of sales, but the dollar volume has been really, really strong. So again, if you have any questions on my experience on Etsy, it's somewhat limited. I've only been over there for coming up on two months now, but please feel free to leave a question in the comments or reach out to me. You can contact me at galaxycds at gmail.com, or you can DM me over on Instagram. If you're not following me over there, it's at galaxycdsrocks. Of course it would be, right? (laughs) Uh, If you enjoyed today's show, if you could do me a solid, and if you're watching on YouTube, 
smack that like button, the thumbs up. I would really appreciate it if you're not currently a subscriber to the show here on YouTube or a follower of the podcast on whatever your platform of choice is. Please feel free to do that as well. I would much, much appreciate it. With that, I'm going to close for the week. It is uh, my time. It is closing in on eight o'clock. I'm going to go over to see uh, my good friends, Derek and Regina, the um, Wednesday hump day hangout celebrates its 100th episode this evening. It's must see TV. So I will be over there shortly. Uh, Hopefully we'll see you there. Hopefully we'll see you next week. And for now it's time to sell. Thanks guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.